Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Eric Christensen. Thank you so much for listening today. As always, go check out reallifepharmacology.com. We've got that free 31-page PDF. Uh, it's a no-brainer, top 200 study guide. Uh, I lay out some of the most important things that you're likely to be tested on uh, in pharmacology courses and board exams and so on and so forth. So uh, simply an email will get you access to that. All right, so the drug of the day today is darafenacin. Brand name of this medication is Enablex. This is an anticholinergic agent uh, used in the management of overactive bladder. Uh, dosing of this medication uh, is usually just once a day. Uh, it is an extended release formulation, uh, usually 7.5 milligrams um, once a day, and then can be increased after a couple weeks if needed, uh, up to 15 milligrams once a day. Uh, important to note, uh, it being extended release uh, with the administration, uh, it's definitely not recommended to crush or chew um, this dosage form. So if it's too big or you've got a patient with swallowing difficulties, uh, you better recognize that we may need to uh, switch to an alternative medication, uh, alternative anticholinergic, if that's the uh, class we're, we're looking to use. So something like uh, tolteridine, for example, or oxybutynin, uh, those type of medications there. Uh, digging deeper a little bit into the mechanism of action, so how do anticholinergic agents help overactive bladder? Well, the specific receptor is uh, the M3 receptor, uh, also known as the muscarinic uh, receptor. And what darafenacin does is it's an antagonist or it blocks the M3 receptor. And this prevents acetylcholine from binding uh, to that receptor and ultimately activating um, that receptor. So this blocking or the prevention of acetylcholine binding there, um, what acetylcholine does when it does bind is it causes... Um, bladder contractions and in overactive bladder, uh, this is basically you know inappropriate or excessive signaling for that bladder to contract, even when we don't necessarily have a full bladder. So um, it's kind of that physiological process that's kind of malfunctioned a little bit, uh, where we get that excessive uh, contraction, and a drug like darafenacin and other urinary anticholinergics uh, can kind of try to reduce. Um, that inappropriate bladder contractions. All right, let's get into adverse drug reactions. As you could imagine, um, anticholinergic adverse effects are going to be a concern uh, with a drug like darafenacin. So dry mouth, uh, constipation, dry eyes, or blurry vision, uh, urinary retention uh, can have uh, central nerve or central nervous system adverse effects have been reported. Uh, with that said, uh, trospium and darafenacin tend to be on the lower end of the scale. Uh, a drug like oxybutynin, which I've covered in previous episodes, that definitely has more central nervous system action. So, uh, if you've where this comes into play in practice is if you've got a patient. Uh, let's say with dementia or with cognitive impairment already, uh, we don't want to add drugs that are going to worsen that potentially. And so if you needed a treatment for overactive bladder 
uh, you'd probably consider Trospium and then maybe Darafenacin as well uh, if Trospium, if the patient wasn't a, a Trospium candidate either. So again, that's that uh, CNS penetration, CNS activity tends to be a little bit lower, which is um, what we want with these agents. We just want them acting at the bladder tissue uh, and not getting into that central nervous system and causing problems there if possible. Uh, other rare things um, as far as adverse drug reactions go, uh, patients may be more susceptible to um, heat or have heat intolerance. Um, so it usually maybe not quite as big a deal uh, in, in northern climates, but if you're in southern hotter climates, um, patients may not be able uh, to tolerate heat quite as well. So that's um, an important thing to note there. Uh, and then rarely um, anticholinergics uh, can contribute to uh, tachycardia. Not something I usually uh, crazy worry about, but if I uh, have a patient that's having issues with that, um, anticholinergics uh, have been associated um, with that tachycardia. All right, let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we'll wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for any pharmacist board certification study material like BCPS, NAPLEX, ambulatory care, BCMTMS, geriatrics, go check out meded101.com slash store. I've got a great list of resources. I uh, help thousands of candidates prepare and pass their board exams. Um, so definitely your uh, support there uh, helps support this podcast uh, and keep it free and available for all to benefit from. If you're a pharmacy technician, a nurse, PA, nurse practitioner, med student, uh, we've got a ton of resources. I've got uh, Perils of Polypharmacy. That's a great case study book uh, for anyone practicing in geriatrics, whether you're an NP or a physician. Uh, we've got uh, Drug Interactions in Primary Care, nice little book uh, that goes over some of the most common uh, drug interactions and issues there. Uh, and then we've got um, a crossword puzzle book for pharmacy technicians. Uh, we've got a pharmacology crossword puzzle book if you're uh, studying and preparing for pharmacology exams in school. We've got a nursing pharmacology book as well. So tons of resources all listed, uh, meded101.com slash store. All right, let's wrap up with drug interactions. And there are definitely some to pay attention to with darafenacin. So first and foremost, CYP3A4 is a significant pathway of breakdown for darafenacin. So naturally, uh, if we have any drugs that inhibit CYP3A4, that could increase the concentrations of darafenacin and obviously increase the risk for some of those adverse effects like dry mouth and constipation and, and so on and so forth. So uh, definitely pay pay attention to that, you know, kind of classic CYP3A4 inhibitor, you know, grapefruit juice, for example. Um, those can, again, increase those concentrations of darafenacin. Uh, and then we've got uh, darafenacin itself causing uh, CYP2D6 inhibition. So by darafenacin inhibiting CYP2D6, it can increase the concentrations of many, many other medications and ultimately increase the um, risk for adverse effects and, and toxicity there. So um, some common agents that may have their effects increased um, by darafenacin include uh, some of the antipsychotics, uh, aripiprazole, haldol, risperidone, 
Um, some of the amphetamine and amphetamine derivatives uh, can be affected by this. Tamsulosin concentrations can be increased, doxepin, uh, dextromethorphan, metoprolol, uh, paroxetine. Uh, these are all drugs that are broken down by CYP2D6 and uh, with darafenacin's action of inhibiting CYP2D6, concentrations could go up and we could increase the risk for uh, those various toxicities based upon the medication uh, that we're, we're using there. Uh, with CYP2D6, I've also got to mention tamoxifen. So tamoxifen is actually a prodrug activated by CYP2D6. So if we block CYP2D6, we're actually going to reduce uh, the potential action of tamoxifen. So remember, tamoxifen is used in the management of uh, breast cancer, which can obviously be a, a really, really serious thing if we're blunting the effects and benefits of tamoxifen there. So definitely uh, an important one to pay attention there uh, with regards to, to darafenacin. Other potential drug interactions that I think about, so we've always got to think about the, the additive effects, uh, particularly with anticholinergic activity. Um, so, you know, a lot of your first-generation antihistamines, like diphenhydramine, for example, are highly anticholinergic. Uh, they could have additive effects, you know, to that dry mouth, the constipation, the, you know, dry eyes, confusion, uh, drowsiness. Uh, definitely an important uh, class of, of drugs there when it comes to anticholinergics. Uh, some older skeletal muscle relaxants have some significant anticholinergic activity. Um, antidepressants like the T -T TCAs, so that's your amitriptyline, your nortriptyline, they're generally pretty highly anticholinergic and could certainly add on to that. Um, some of the antipsychotics uh, have some uh, anticholinergic activity. Uh, clozapine is one that comes to mind as having um, higher anticholinergic activity. Um, and some of the um, first-generation antipsychotics uh, tend to have some anticholinergic properties as well. So again, uh, all additive effects can all make um, that adverse uh, drug reaction profile a little bit worse there. Uh, and then I also wanted to mention with the anticholinergics, um, llamas, so those are the uh, respiratory anticholinergics, so a drug like teotropium, for example, uh, this can certainly um, have additive effects. Usually, in my experience, um, probably the, the biggest issue is dry mouth um, because, you know, those drugs act tend to act a little bit more locally and, and less systemic effects. Um, that dry mouth tends to be uh, problematic when adding it on top of other anticholinergics like darafenacin. Uh, and then last but, but not least, I wanted to mention um, prokinetic agents. So sometimes in gastroparesis, we use a drug like metoclopramide. Um, keep in mind, a medication like darafenacin can kind of slow down the gut and basically directly oppose uh, any beneficial effects that we're looking to have um, from that, that metoclopramide in managing uh, gastroparesis. So uh, just a little um, uh, practice nugget there that I, I think is important and certainly has uh, come into play for me at times. All right. Well, I think that wraps up the podcast for today. Uh, if you have any comments, suggestions, uh, mededucation101 at gmail.com. I greatly appreciate anyone that takes the time to do a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Um, I greatly appreciate that. It helps me uh, reach a broader audience. Uh, and of course, sharing uh, our podcast as well in 
you know, class listservs or pharmacy students or medical students or nursing students. You all sharing the podcast has helped it grow immensely, and I greatly appreciate that for sure. Uh, don't forget to support the sponsor. Any purchases at meded101.com slash store uh, will go directly to help support this podcast and keep it free. I greatly appreciate it uh, to all of you who have uh, made purchases already. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, definitely um, uh, really, really appreciate it. Sincerely do. So uh, with that said, uh, I'm going to sign off for now. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.